With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 129 of GigPod. I'm Stevie and I'm joined by Rizzo here and we're going to be doing something a wee bit different. Now of course we always do our usual half hour episodes and this is going to be a wee bite-sized Champions League segment we're going to be doing. It'll be myself, Rizzo or Spunkphone during the competition and we plan to review the previous night's games. Now obviously this is going to be a review of Celtic now, Real Madrid 3. John, I've seen you more disappointed when we've lost in Europe and you've seen me mortified. I'm sure we'll come on to that um, a wee bit later on. But how are you feeling uh, the day after losing 3-0 at home to Real Madrid? Well, I kind of see I'm happy, obviously. And of course, hello to the listeners and hello to Stevie. I, I'm, I mean, you can never, never be happy or satisfied with a defeat. But we didn't really let the side down. We battled hard for the first 50 minutes of the game, I'd say. We were very competitive against the best team in Europe, who are the champions of Europe, of course. It shouldn't be forgotten about. I mean, when they lose Karim Benzema, they can bring on a guy like Eden Hazard, who was a phenomenal player at Chelsea. And we had them rattled. I mean, I don't want to go into cliches like, I'm so so proud of the guys, or start reciting the lyrics to over and over. But we did create chances and our tempo did give them issues but the big problem is it's always fine margins in the Champions League 
And if you miss the chances like we did, one sitter and another, at least one other very good chance, you know you're going to get punished by a team like Madrid and they're always going to get chances. And I don't know, it was just a pity that we didn't get a goal and 3-0 does make it look like a, a pretty heavy defeat and like the game wasn't like that for at least the first 50 minutes. I mean, it could have been worse. We could have lost 4-0 for the second game in a row in a week. But no... I think we've done as well as can be expected. I mean, it's probably the toughest game you could get in your return to the Champions League after five years. Probably the only tougher game would be away to Madrid. But no, for our first game back, I thought we'd done respectable. John, you've known me for a long time, probably too long. But you've known me and you've spoke to me after Celtic have been horsed in Europe. We've, we've chatted after losing to the San Siro, for example, and then home to Milan losing to Ajax when we were all over them as well, and then moving on under the Rodgers era, even under Dyla before that. But I've seen so many embarrassments with Celtic in Europe, and you gave up hope that you were ever going to you know, be proud of the team again on that stage. Um, to the point, John, and you've laughed at me before with this, and I made such a point to it many times to you, but if I was taking the hoops on holiday with me after doings against Barca and PSG, I would never say I was ashamed of wearing a Celtic top, so why would I take it on holiday with me? But sometimes I'd be a wee bit embarrassed because you'd see people obviously going to be bringing up, oh God, what about that doing you took in Paris? Or what about the fact that Barca put seven past you? And you're like, aye, brilliant, okay, nice ease to bring that up again, Laz, cheers. Two beers anyway. I never felt mortified last night at all. Um, I mean, I don't want to say I was overly proud because at the end of the day, we lost 3-0. I thought, you know, we were we put up a very good showing, John, against the biggest dogs in the world. I mean, you mentioned earlier we rattled Real Madrid. I'd probably argue that do Real Madrid ever get rattled, John? That's the thing. Um, when you look at their players, when you look at what they fall when they get on the, the level of performances they've put in, season after season against elite teams in the Champions League. I don't know if I'd say they get rattled, even though you know, the crowd were phenomenal last night and the energy was unbelievable on and off the park. I just, I kept saying to my granda alongside me, I just feel this Real Madrid team are going to step up at some point. Nothing to do with the fact that they were patronising Celtic are playing at second gear. I just feel, you know, they were very much still in the game even if Celtic, you know, were having all of the play and we were playing in their half and everything, you just felt all it was going to take, John, was just a defence splitting pass from Cruz or a moment of genius from Modric and all of a sudden you'll see Valverde, Hazard or Vinicius Jr. sprinting away. That's all it took. So essentially I came out of the game saying, do you know the way when teams like Hearts and Hibs, for example, give us a bit of a fright and they've got a spell with us for like 15 or 20 minutes and we're sometimes messaging going here, hold on a minute here. Then all of a sudden, we just step up and show a class, we break away and we score out of nothing. It's kind of what Real Madrid did last night. But, you know, when you think about where Celtic have been, the humiliations we've taken in Europe over the years, the fact that we are up against the European champions, John, the biggest dogs, as I said, in world football. And, you know, for a first half alone, John, going toe-to-toe with them, not just sitting in, not just hoping to get a lucky break and not just putting 10 men behind the ball and making that an agonising watch, but genuinely playing our own football with them and believing in our principles and philosophies that the manager has installed for day one, playing that type of football against Real Madrid and showing no fear. I was really satisfied with what I saw and it gives me hope for the rest of the games, especially, you know, the double header we've got against Leipzig coming up and, you know, next week when we go to Warsaw and everything. We play like that, John. I'm not just saying here that, 
are going to be arrogant and say, yeah, we'll take points off Shakhtar the next. They've just went and beat Leipzig 4-1 away from home. But I'm proud to say at least, John, we can now compete in Europe. And I don't think next week when we go to Warsaw, that although we'll show Shakhtar plenty of respect, I think the key thing is we can compete and we can give a good account of ourselves, you know? Uh, I sort of agree. I think it's maybe a wee bit too early for that. I mean, I think a lot will depend on next week because I think that is a huge game already, especially with Shakhtar winning 4-0 in Germany last night. I mean, that was so bad bad for Leipzig. 4-1? 4-1, sorry. They sacked their manager and Mark Rose is going to manage them. And, I mean, Marion Sved scored twice last night, which is just, I mean... I can't even think of the words for that. When you think of how he done practically nothing for us, although one of the goals they'd scored was, I mean, a laughable mistake. I mean, John McLaughlin would have been proud of the mistake. But I mean, we don't want him to join the Harold Bratback club of former Celtic players that scored against us in Europe. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think if... I mean, I don't want to talk about negative stuff because we don't usually do that in Gigwood, but I mean, I think if we went over a... Poland next week and we we stiffed. I mean, we get beat two or three nil. I think that would be that would be a hundred times more disappointing than last night because I think we should be able to compete with Shakhtar. And as you say, I mean, obviously we need to with respect, but as this sort of team, we should be getting results against. And if we play like we did in the first fifty minutes, we're more than capable of getting the result. I mean, I think the game against Shakhtar is like a much bigger game than Madrid. Last night was just a one-off, hiding to nothing. If you get beat, move on. Next week's big. And we'll talk about it a lot more after the Levy game, but I think that'll be a, a big test for us because arguably that game's 50-50 because of where it's going to be played. I mean, it's not getting played in Ukraine for obvious reasons. It's getting played in Poland, neutral venue. I mean, who knows how many fans will be there. So I think that really is a big game. But I think we'll approach it probably the same way we did last night, but just going all out, going toe-to-toe with Shakhtar, and we'll be, able to, we'll be able to see if they're able to live with us. And I think it's got to make it an interesting game. And I think if we win next week especially, that'll really show that we can compete in Europe after the catastrophes of, like, Kludge and Copenhagen and Bodo Glimp. I mean, in a way, win the Champions League. We've only had two away wins in the Champions League group stages ever. So, I mean, if we get that third one next week, I think that'll really show that we're back in business and it would like put us in a good position for third place in the group as well, presumably if uh, Real Madrid beat Leipzig, which obviously I think they will. So, I, even though I'm, I'm content, I'll say, I'll use the word we last night, I think next week's a, a real test for us, a test of our credentials. And I'm not going to go out and say, oh, I think we're definitely going to win. But it's a game we should be looking to win. Going into the game, John, you know, off air, you were saying some people maybe lost it under themselves and were getting a wee bit too optimistic. But the fact that we're playing Real Madrid at home and thinking the atmosphere would make a massive difference, I know you didn't, but do you think the fans were carried away maybe from the weekend and a performance against Rangers in a high-intensity game? Or was it just more the fact that it was a game under Ange in the Champions League and it was just everything was all aligning? for the manager at that moment to cause a big upset last night? Probably a bit of both. I mean, because we were brilliant against Rangers. And I don't know, I, I went, even when I was watching it, I thought when we were constantly putting them under pressure, I actually did think, I don't know, maybe we can do it. And I, I, as fine margins, though, as I said, I mean, McGregor, if that shot had went in, would have been a fully deserved lead. Uh, Leela Bada, 
he had that chance right at the very start of the game to open 36. That was a really good chance. And then he's got that one-on-one where, I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking, but he should have done better. And then, of course, Dyson. I mean, that's a guilt-edge chance. If he missed that in a normal league game, we'd all be annoyed. But, I mean, missing that against Madrid. I mean, I don't want to criticise him that much because he is a good player for us and he has been excellent since signing for us. But that is a guilt-edge chance. I mean, that's why he's no a striker for us. I mean, I know he's played up there sometimes, like we'll always talk about it at Livingston. And he sort of played as a striker at Ibrox as well, for, to an extent we went 2-1. But if that had been Kyogo or Gigi, would have been 1-0 up and have something to hold on to for the last 30-35 minutes and maybe they could have hit Real Madrid in the break and that would have gave us a chance. Like similar to what happened when we played Barca. First goal was everything. Especially against it's always the first goal's always important, but I mean normally if it's in the league you expect us to come back and get the win, even against Rangers. I mean look what happened to Ibrox, give away the first goal in the first five minutes and we won. But at that level, it's so difficult to come back for giving away the first goal. Not just against teams like Real Madrid. I mean look at the Bodo Glimp game, Copenhagen, Kluge, I mean, all our recent catastrophes in Europe, we've always had trouble when conceding goals or we can see the goal, then we can see another goal about two minutes later, which happened last night. So the oh, it's just frustrating, really, more than anything, because I didn't ex- I expected us to create chances, but I didn't expect us to have the chances we we did. I mean, okay, if we were denied by a Courtois mega save, then fair enough. And he did make a couple of good saves, and Cal McGregor was really unlucky with that shot off the bar slash post, but that dies in miss man. I mean, that, uh, that's one you'll be thinking about for a while because it was such a good chance against Real Madrid to go one up in the second half. And they were probably getting the top of the game as well. And like I think two minutes after we missed that chance, they scored. So that is really the abiding memory I'll have. I don't want to keep picking Dyson because he's been excellent for us, but it really was a great chance. That and the McGregor shot hitting the, hitting the post, they're the, they're the two big moments for me. If either of them had went in, and one of them really should have. The game could have been different. I still don't know if we would have won because Madrid would have threw everything it is to get the equaliser. And they probably would have still created loads of chances. But it's the, it's the margins. And I just hope that the margins will go in our favour for the rest of this campaign. But when you get the chances, you really need to take them. And in fact, if Dyson had that, if Dyson gets that chance on Saturday, if he plays, I think he'll probably score it just because it's a different sort of game. The pressure's no ridiculously intense it's no all all or nothing if we don't take the chance so it's frustrating really that's the only thing i can say about it spot on completely agree with you john i said at that exact moment that when dyson missed that i was like how many more chances are you ever going to get up against guys like david alaba and Militao, or I don't know if it was Rudiger on at the time, but the fact is, you know, you've got these world-class defenders, and Juranovic just took them out with a brilliant ball in, and if that's GG or Kyogo, John, you took the words out of my mouth, man, I said the exact same thing to the people sitting next to me. If that's GG or Kyogo, that's either, you know, a first-time finish, or it's a touch, and it's slotting it by Courtois. Even then, John, you know, I mean, what... (laughs) It's a big ask to put it past that guy, Courtois, in goal. He was just outstanding last night. He didn't have a lot to do, but 
his general distribution, he was so calm in the ball and he just makes himself huge. He's a big, big presence. So, yeah, the players have got a lot to do and especially, you know, when we're playing week in, week out against, you know, your Dundee United, Livingston, Hibs, Hearts, and then you make that step up to playing genuine world-class players. It's just about being clinical. You're seeing fine margins and it's not a cliche because it's true. McGregor's shot hits the post. Like, if that's in the league or something, that's a wonder goal, isn't it, to go 1-0 up. When Dyson, 99 times out of 100, the fats in the league as well, he's probably putting that in, he's sclaffing it past the keeper and just on that stage last night, we just didn't get the luck. It's a combination of that, John, and just not being composed and clinical enough in front of goal. Whereas a team like Real Madrid, John, who've won the European Cup five times in the last nine years, they know just how to big dog it. It's just that simple. It's the experience they've got compared to us because that is their competition and that is just the reality of it, isn't it? But I just wanted a moment last night, I got into the game, you know, sent my family and all that. I don't did not expect us to beat Real Madrid, didn't expect us to take anything off them. I just wanted a moment. I just wanted, like, that McGregor goal goes in. I remember that for the rest of my life. It's just something to always stay with me at that area of the stadium that I've celebrated so many important and incredible and iconic goals, and that would be another one. But and I'm sure a lot of fans just wanted that, just a moment, just something to remember. But no, it wasn't to be. have to say, John, there was some standout performances last night and you don't get a chance to say that when you've been gub 3 at home. But Cal McGregor and Rio Hitati were excellent for us and I want to just focus on the two now. Rio Hitati, in that first half alone, never looked out of place one bit. Cal McGregor was so energetic and he kept that midfield ticking. Thought the Perry Ray were our best players on the night. Yeah, I fully agree. Until they tired and the team tired, I thought they were just brilliant. I mean, some of Hitati's passing was outrageous. As I said again in the podcast the other day, you can see why we were so desperate to buy him. And we're finally seeing the real Hitati, now that he's no absolutely exhausted like he was towards the end of last season. I thought he'd tired eventually, and I thought McGregor did as well. But up until then, I thought both of them were superb. I mean, they were constantly getting in Madrid's faces and winning the important balls in the middle of the park and getting it forward to the players further forward. I mean, some of our bigger players, I'd say, I won't name any names because it's no fair, and we've been so good this season. I mean, I think some of our bigger games, bigger players didn't have their best games. Maybe aside for McGregor and Hattati, they were our standout performers, and if you're going to get a result against Real Madrid, you need, I think, about 11 standout performers, but we only really had, I'd say, two, three at the most, maybe a four, or maybe four, I thought, for the most part, Jane's and which was a huge game for him when you think of how little football he's played recently. I thought he stood up to it for the most part. I mean, he's still a young player, but I thought he was good. I thought, for the most part, Cameron Carter-Vickers was good as well. But it was really McGregor and Hitati that built the platform for us in the first half. And I'd imagine that it'll be they two in every Champions League game for now. I mean, I'd definitely rest one or two of them. Probably no McGregor, because he never rests for a Livingston game. But I think Hitati might get benched and David Tumble come back into the side but I thought they two were excellent definite pass marks for they two and when they faded Celtic faded I mean they two are I'd say going to make Celtic tick in the Champions and every football this season but in the Champions League especially because the midfield winning the midfield battle is so important especially when you're playing guys that are so quick and it's just great movement like your opponents in the Champions League will have I mean Shakhtar and Leipzig even though Leipzig have started after the season dreadfully they'll still have like top quality players, so Hattati and McGregor have got a big job to do, and if they play like they did for the first 50 minutes last night, they're 
more than capable of helping us dominate midfield in these games. And talking about Cal McGregor, you were fortunate enough to speak to him after the game last night as we were lucky enough to get accreditation for the game. So what did the Celtic captain say to you after the game, Stevie? Well, myself, uh, it was Martin for 20 Minute Tims and Tony from Pod Tims that were there for, you know, like the Celtic podcasts and everything. So uh, the players I spoke to were David Turnbull, Callum McGregor and Jota. The manager didn't come out. We were wanting to speak to Ange, but I believe for the post-match games, he only has the rights to speak to BT and no one else. So there you go, fat fans. But yeah, um, speaking to the players in general, just asking, you know, were there any positives to take from it and... How did it bounce back without sounding too much like the generic media part that you get? But I think the players like Jota and Tumble were both saying the same thing that a lot of the fans, and they can tell that the fans were proud and respectful of how the players played and appreciated the fact that they didn't just sit in and they went toe to toe with Madrid, but it was just about, you know, dips in concentration costing us. When it came to Cal McGregor, John, I asked them, or rather I put to him, many fans, including myself, we're saying that getting into these games against the elite teams, we need uh, an enforcer, a defensive midfielder, and may- maybe the manager has to be a bit more pragmatic. He can't play the same way that he does week in, week out in the league. However, after the first half showing against the European champions, does that now justify the fact that the manager was right all along to go with that style of football? And I think Callum McGregor pretty much agreed with that, saying that the manager's been wanting to do this, John, for day one. And as long as there's a structure there, and as long as there's a, you know basic principles in how we should be playing, and as long as you do get a wee bit of luck along the way, then you can get results and you can you know cause an upset. And it wasn't to be last night. But I think, John, if you play like that, and we create chances and we take one of them against teams like Leipzig and Shakhtar. Again, while not getting too ahead of ourselves and realising that they carry a massive threat as well, I think we've got it in us to definitely. I mean, I don't know about qualifying in that group, but certainly not finishing bottom should be a priority and getting out in third place, I think, is achievable. But again, let's take that one game at a time and we can really see where we are. Celtic's barometer of where they are is not against Real Madrid. It's definitely against, you know, your Shakhtar's and your Leipzig. So it was a good answer for Callum McGregor and in general with McGregor. Um, he was more than happy to speak away to myself, um, Martin and Tony as well. Um, didn't look as if he was in a rush to head out, spoke and chatted for a good 10 minutes or so. Aye, he's a, he's a, good, he's a good egg, as old Callum. And uh, that is interesting that they're not going to abandon the style. I mean, I think it's going to make the... The Champions League game is very exciting to watch. I don't know, next week, I don't want to talk about it again because I've already spoken about it a few times, but next week is going to be big. But of course, we've got Livingston. Before that as well, those great guys, great team managed by that great guy, David Martindale. So many great guys. Speaking of great guys, John, there's two in this podcast. You and Spunk Phone. <laughs> Last night, it was pretty much a blur, John. Just right after the game, doing post-match, uh, then headed home, went right to bed. It was only really today that I was watching back the goals again, so that's why I wasn't uh, walked into a shooter, mouthing off and giving opinions on Twitter and anything about the game without properly seeing the goals and everything. The only thing I did comment on was that ridiculous ovation that Luka Modric got and Celtic Park turning into that tourist arena again. I didn't want to see his behave like that. I'm not saying, you know, it was the, the end of the world by applauding a player and showing a bit of respect. I mean, look at Modric, was ridiculous, you know. But it's just wee things like that where Celtic Park loses its fear factor when, 
you get all these A-list players turning up, getting their three points, and then they do a wee generic tweet about how much they love the atmosphere, how much they love Celtic Park, and it just riled me. Um, I wasn't the only one sitting where I was. A few other people were raging at it with people standing up and applauding, whereas, you know, Celtic players who were subbed off and coming on get nowhere near what Luka Modric did. So, very quickly, John, what are your thoughts on that? Does it not bother you as much, or do you get annoyed about it like me? I probably get more annoyed about the, the patronising tweets, as you talked about. I mean, like, saying, you know, the great atmosphere it is after they've bodied us. If we'd have won or drew last night, I doubt very much you'd have got the patronising tweets of uh, Tony Cruz and Luka Modric. I mean, maybe they do believe it. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, do they even write their tweets? I would doubt that. I mean, I truly hope that no football player actually writes their own tweets. I mean, it's bad enough when we do it. If football players do it, no thanks. But... <laughs> I mean, I suppose I can understand the Modric thing. It is, a, it is a bit annoying. I mean, it makes us look a tiny bit small time. I mean, it happened again. It happened, I remember. Uh, well, I mean, we've played Barcelona's, like, music, don't forget, when they helped us reach the last 16, when I think they drew Benfica when we beat Sparta at Moscow. We played their, their music at Celtic Park, their official anthem, whatever it is, so we've got previous for this. I mean, Henri, Messi, I think, Oh, they get standard ovations as well in a game where they beat us in the last 16. So, I mean, I suppose for the football purists out there, I suppose I could see merit in it, but for the realist laws, no, it's, it's a bit annoying. I mean, it's no end to go over the top of it, and I probably can bet that people will last night. But, uh, no, it's a bit annoying. I want Celtic Park to be a place where teams fear, and when they say they're lucky to get away with a point or something. I mean, Bayern Munich did that, God, nearly 20 years ago now when we really should have beat them. We drew nothing each with them. They were, they were relieved to get out of Celtic Park with a draw and like, were genuinely celebrating getting a point. I mean, it's a long, long way to go until we get to the heights again, but it will be a start if we manage to get six points in the next two games in the Champions League. So we'll just need to see what happens. Look, I'm not going to deny, John. That Modric wasn't a class act last night. Him and Chris were just ridiculous. They controlled that second half. And even that Valverde uh, at right mid, he was ridiculous. He was so good last night. And, you know, I've got to say, Greg Taylor played him very well for the first hour or so. And then, you know, after that, game was a write-off. But, yeah, they've got some fantastic players. And we all know that. And a lot of football fans know it. But as you say, John, when Bayern Munich came to Celtic Park, the guys like Oliver Cam. Um, they had Michael Ballack, you know, they had Roy McKay, uh, who's done a fantastic job at Rangers, it must be said. And that night, I do remember them going ballistic when they drew 0-0 to pretty much get to the last 16. That's what you want to see again. So I don't think, you know, we're not here just talking down the greats of the game and trying to put the boot into our own fellow fans. It's just about standards, isn't it? Um, and in the last wee moment, John, which I thought was nice as well, at a time when we're 3-0 down and... Everybody's pulling out of the stadium. Ange, um, the entire stadium, is singing his name. I just thought that was a classy touch, I've got to say, especially when you know the manager would have appreciated the backing that he got because for day one, he's always been up front and honest with us and he said that he intends to play this type of football. If he ever gets into these games against these elite teams, he's never going to change. So it was nice that the Celtic fans, John, gave him something back after where we've got to under him in the last uh, year or so. Aye, and he fully deserved that reception he got at the end of the game because he'd done an amazing job and 
as everybody knows, Celtic were in a right state. This time last year, miles behind in the league, like we needed a goal at a late goal at Aberdeen to sort of rescue the league season. And now look where we are this time. I mean, running Real Madrid relatively close and we're the league champions that were five points clear already. And we play great football for the most part. So no as deserves all the respect that he gets of the fans and he gives it back as well. And I'm sure he'll be as frustrated as everybody at the way last night ended. So he will look to make up for that in the weeks ahead. It was meant to be, what, 15 to 20 minutes? And we've managed to give the fans our usual half hour. I don't know if that's us being too committed to them or the fact that we just kind of shut up. Maybe a bit of column A and a bit of column B, John. But hey, take it away and do your outro. Yep, thanks, Stevie. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And you know where to get us by now on the usual podcast platforms. Give us five stars. Tell us how great we are in the reviews, etc., etc. We'll be back on Sunday after the Livingston game. And we'll talk about the Shakhtar game as well, the preview for that. And then we'll be back next Thursday to talk about the Shakhtar game in a bite-sized podcast which will probably just run the same length as ever. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and hail, hail. Podcast Network.